Well, hello and welcome to the Mm-hmm Plays podcast. Podcast that's not our regular podcast, because that's about games-related news. Video-related games and games-related topics? Is that, is that what it is? Uh, uh, video games-related news and news-related games. Ew. And then we only exclusively talk about like text adventures okay. where you are running a newspaper um, or covering like a big event. Okay. Like serious Sam, because he's he's so serious. He's, he's actually a war journalist. They don't tell you this. Oh, because that, that game's about. I never end. played one, so yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. You mm. find out at the end he's actually out there covering the Iraq War. It takes place in modern times. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was not aware that that was what that was. Weird. Not not well, what I've heard. Not what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, lots of things are surprising mm-hmm. about the serious Sam franchise. Mm. Uh, what's another surprising fact? Um, he's honestly, he's a bit of a jokester. <laughs> he's not that serious. <laughs> That's just a facade he puts on. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Um, well, <laughs> well, we're not actually here to talk about serious Sam. Uh, as, as much as that might be fun, maybe not really, uh, we're here to talk about Nier, uh, but first I need to introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Jimmy Gang, and today, joined by only one person, that is Mike Gibson. Hi, it's me. Hello. I think this is our first, like, one-on-one podcast? One-on-one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. This should be interesting. Uh, but as we are the only two people... (laughs) That Alive. care about near. <laughs> COVID took out the rest. Uh, yeah, uh, literally the only two people. No one else in the world. Uh, I'm not was not referring to the podcast no. hosts. Um, so I'm expecting th- this podcast. If it gets more than zero views, I'm gonna have to take it down because oh, yeah. our listeners will be liars. <laughs> if you're listening to this. Several years in the future, please remember us, alien species that finds us. <laughs> Humanity was most well known for its best creative art, Near Replicant version 1.22, and then a bunch of other bu- bullshit. So, Seth, turn this podcast off. <laughs> Seth, you can turn it back on. You just got to jump forward 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, that, that remake of that uh, old Near game came out this year. Yes, new old Near. New old Near. Uh, Near. Gestalt near replicant, uh, depending on where you're from. Completely different game depending on where you're from originally too, in terms of the character. Yes. Not different game, I guess. Same game, but different different protagonists and framework for the story. But the game is yeah. The gameplay is the same. Story is generally the same. Um, the only difference is your relationship with Yona. Yes, uh, for if you lived in America, you played Yona's father, and if you played in Japan, you played Yona's brother. Uh, that was different for the remake. The remake just made it everyone play as the brother, which cowards. Uh, I, I, how do you feel? You've played both, so how, how mm-hmm. did you feel about that part of it? That they just um, got rid of the Gestalt version and just made just the remake was just replicant. And I'm a little bummed. This thing it should have a gestalt mode, 
or it's just a toggle and the option like fuck it make it a reward for beating ending ease for people who are insane and just absolutely love this thing i want to play it a million times but like if you're not going to make it something i can just switch to right away i would have loved to have seen an unlock for it or even it's 2021 just charge me ten dollars to change the character model and the voice actor and the, the like a couple of lines of text you'll do it i know you'll charge me and guess what i wouldn't pay for it but somebody would do you think do you think it was voice acting was the main reason cuz the original yeah. game was not fully voiced like this one was right No I 100% think it was voice acting was the big thing um and then I don't think this game did very like I don't think Gestalt did very well in America I mean Replicant mm. didn't either um but I would if I had to assume I would say it probably sold better in Japan um so that's why they based it on that version but I don't know if I feel like this is the definitive version of that game so I wish it would have included both options as a like an acknowledgement of that existing. Although I don't think it was, I think Taro didn't actually want that. I think that was a Square Enix. The like, father Square of the Enix Square Enix decision. pushed it on them and said, hey, this will sell the game better. And he said, well, I guess we'll just have to embrace it or we're not going to get to make the game. Um, which is also I probably wonder, why I wonder if it would, if it did sell better because of that. I, mm. Yeah. I, I, I would argue it didn't matter. I, I don't think it mattered at all. Um, but I will say I do have a special place in my heart for Papa Nier because when you take a 17 year old, like 15 to 16 year old boy protagonist story and then replace it with a 30 something, uh, middle-aged father, but you don't change anything around the power of friendship stuff and him learning to become (laughs) friends with a nice blind boy and this mean woman from a village down the street. Suddenly Papa Nier is learning the power of friendship at a late age and it's very good. I I can see the uh, the Emil still Emil stuff getting a little creepy with Daddy near. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't remember it being as um, overt, I guess, as it was in this game. I maybe I just at the time I read it as him as looking you, at Emil as younger. a father figure, yeah, like as opposed to a potential love interest, but um, potential love interest. Know. Yeah, Emil and Nier are going to fuck for 100 days, and that's why he became a big skeleton. Spoilers. Oh. See, I, missed, I must have missed I must have missed the yeah. text dump. That's in that's in a radio diary. A radio diary? Can, okay. They, they broadcast it in Japan September 11th, 2014 for about 30 seconds, and you could just catch clips of it <laughs> in different parts of the country. And if the you reconstructed it, Emil scene. Yeah, you get the true Emil ending scene where he's like, oh, my teeth. <laughs> Because that dude becomes a big skull. Well, before before we go any further, we should we should say that we are going to be spoiling everything, all all near related all material. Media. Uh, uh, nothing. We're not going to hold anything back. I mean, we've both forgotten plenty of things, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, but we are not going to hold anything back that could be potentially spoiling. So, if you are planning to play these games, either one, a Replicant or Autonoma. Or the original replicant. Or the Go original. Go back and play that thing. It's oh, weird. Okay. You won't. You won't have a good time if you're feeling brave. But you can have fun thinking about it. Well, can well okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Just okay. Finish. It. We're gonna be spoiling the game. Moving on. Yes. So, can you have a lot of fun with that old game? Because I have looked through a lot of the changes they made mm-hmm. uh, for this version. That old game does not seem like it would have been fun to play. Um. It, that old game was an experience. Uh, it, you you put you put up with the gameplay. 
to get to the story in the original <laughs> Nier. Um, and I will say this, this this advice was from the original launch of, of Gestalt slash Replicant. It held true in, in the new version. If a side quest seems like a pain in the ass, don't do it. Because the least amount of gameplay um, is the right way to go in that original release. And that's kind of true. Uh, because, yeah, it's it's... If you've played Automata, don't play the original. It's it's gonna be too, like you will not have a good time with it. Watch it. Just watch a Let's Play. You'll get what you want out of it. Um, if you haven't played any of these games and you plan on ever playing that original PS3 slash 360 release, do it first mm-hmm. because the changes made in either of the new ones, Automata or Replicant version play- one two unplayable. two, make it. Yeah, you would not enjoy that in any way. Not being able to cast magic while you're fighting. While fighting, uh huh. Fuck that <laughs> and that and that's that that comes from someone who magic was secondary mm-hmm. even someone who primarily fought with weapons and and uh until it became necessary later on in the game uh, i i i can't i can't even imagine playing that first half of the game without being able to yeah it's it was it's a wild wild thing um, how did how did that go? I mean, because I've only seen that that was what they changed. Like, how did the match? So did you just have to stop what you're doing and then cast a spell, even the the bullet you, one. I I think you could still run. Okay. So but so you could like run around while charging, or you could run around while shooting if you had to like rapid fire one. Okay. But you couldn't hold it and like you couldn't charge a, t- a spell while you're also swinging your sword. You couldn't. Wow. I don't I don't think you could. Like I think there were there were changes with the dodge mechanic too. I don't think the dodge originally put you behind enemies. I think it just rolled you in whatever direction you went. Um, and there was some other weird stuff with like the lock on and shit. I remember the combat in that first game is fucking bad. It's it's rough. And that that seems incredibly damning considering that's besides the story, which is really what you're there for. Everything else is the it's combat. combat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing. Um, it was it was very clearly a like I don't want to say action platformer because it's not what this game is, it, but it's also not like a style, like a bayonetta or whatever. But no. it was very clearly a game sort of aping those styles for an RPG by a team that had never made a game like that before. Yeah, it's very much in it's very much uh, in the platinum style. Yes, but uh, I but wouldn't, with I wouldn't no go experience. as far as to say it's a platinum game. No. No, because I think that team before that, like before Near, they had made the Dragon Guard stuff, and that was right. A... I was I was going to bring that up because there is some there is some story linking those games together. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. canonically, Near is a sequel to Dragon Guard. Okay. Uh, because Dragon Guard One ending F, which I think is the like super secret final ending you can get, involves a dragon teleporting from the Drakengard world into modern-day Tokyo, Japan, and then you fight the dragon boss, and then you both get shot down by the Japanese self-defense force, and the magic particles from your body that are not from this world create the entirety of the Black Sprawl, and okay. all, that was all what the I was stuff ask. That's, that's... All of that stuff comes from the fact that you're a being from a different dimension, essentially. And just like the the colonizers from Europe coming over and bringing within their diseases, you did the same. And, yeah, that uh, that was the one thing I was wanting to know if if yeah. the disease can be linked to Drakengard. Okay. Yep. Hundred percent. How many? There's three of those games, right? Uh, there are three, but Drakengard three came out after Near Replicant slash Gestalt did, and technically Drakengard two is two is a, the one that links them. 
it's it's a yeah it's a sequel but i i don't think diokotaro worked on it or something weird oh. and it's a sequel to like one specific ending and then three was him coming back i believe it was it was something weird like i don't think two is like as important to the lore so what oh, okay well which which one which one is the, the one that has one. the ending the, the, first the first one has one. the ending that links them okay yes, yes. dragon guard one has that ending that links them and i think two or dragon guard two is a sequel for, to dragon guard one from a different ending are those are those ps2 games yes uh dragon guard three is a ps3 game i believe are they are they good enough to play um and enjoy it yeah i i don't know i have never tried hmm. it could be it could be interesting uh, i mean I've, I've i've considered doing it at some point but um from my understanding it is like a combination of um oh what's that game in japan they're always the same the the chinese the the reunited dynasty the, warriors yes it is a dynasty warriors combined with a on-rail shooter segment where you're flying on a dragon oh yeah, like ground See, I knew combat those games by name only. And, I, I had no idea yeah. what kind of gameplay that was involved. Okay, that does mm, maybe yeah, maybe the, I'll skip. They're that. weird. Maybe I'll watch. Maybe I'll watch an. Uh, uh, I a think video playing Dragon Guard One. Games. Yeah, Dragon Guard One could be interesting because it's also from two thousand three and very weird. Um, I mean, if Yogatar is involved, exactly right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so. They that's that's kind of that lineage, and I think, like I said, I think Taro was off of Dragon Guard two because it didn't sell very well. Mm -hmm. So Square Enix was like, well, "We're going to put a different person in charge," um, and then he came back after Near. Like I think, I think he did Dragon Guard, and then I don't know if he did anything for a while. Yeah, I, I for someone uh, as I, prolific, okay. like as high profile as people claim him to be, or or maybe. As I many people know and talk about him, I feel I I feel like he would have more games out there. So I've got some I've got some Yoko Taro credits. I know this podcast isn't isn't all about the facts, but I've got some to lay down on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Dragon Guard One came out two thousand three. He was the director and scenario writer for that game, so he's basically responsible for it. Dragon Guard Two, all he did was ed edit videos. That's all he's credited as. Oh, that's really funny. Um. Then he was director and scenario writer for Nier. He supervised a game called Monster X Dragon. Uh, he supported, he was support planner for Demon's Score, a rhythm mobile game. Okay. Uh, and then he was the creative director and scenario writer for Dragon Guard 3. So they brought him back for, for the third Dragon Guard. And then the next thing he put out that was a video game was Nier Automata. Wow. Yeah. And then. It's Nier Automata, it's Sin O Alice, or he was a creative director, which is I think another mobile game. Um he is credited on fourteen, Final Fantasy fourteen for the Yorha for raid the, stuff. For the uh, collaboration stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then he worked on that mobile game apparently. He's credited as the creative director for the mobile game of Nier, Near Reincarnation, the version of Replicant that just came out, Replicant version one two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. And uh, a unrelated ten-year game, as far as I'm aware, Voice of Cards: The Isle Dragon Roars, which just came out. Okay. And then he's now, been is that is that a new, completely new IP plays. or is that near related? I think it's completely new. Okay. And when I say um, near, I mean like the entire mythos. Yeah. In, involved. Yeah. The game was pitched for mobile, but then turned it into a paid DLC or paid downloadable title. 
Uh, but yeah, it looks like it's it's a, it's a completely new thing with a lot of the people who worked on Drakengard and Nier, uh, but is not actually connected in any way story-wise, at least looking at the promotional material. Who knows, mm-hmm. maybe ending F of that game, you go to fucking uh, the village for Papa Nier <laughs> right. and kill the androids and take their place and ruin the program or something. Well, go, going back a little bit, you mentioned wishing that Papa Nier was a version to play him. You do get to play as him in that little DLC package. Yes. So true to the original game, um, the, they included the DLC. That game that was a separate paid DLC for the original thing. And That's it crazy had they would that... charge money for that tiny little thing. Uh-huh. Well, the, the reason they tried to justify it was because of the gimmick where play as the other country's protagonist. So it was the only way back in 2010 or whenever Nier originally came out that if you were in America, you could play as Brother Nier mm. and vice versa. If you were in Japan, you'd play as Papa Nier. Um, and so it's, it's, I'm glad they kept it for this, but it also just makes me wish they had enabled Papa Nier mode or as an unlocker, just whatever. Let me, let I mean, I, he, he, was vo- he was voiced in that. So mm-hmm. yeah, they could have. They definitely could have just brought the dude in and recorded stuff. I don't, I don't, well, I know why money, but right. Also right. annoying that that became mandatory for the endings. Cause it's not very good. Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> I mean, at least it's short. I'm mean, it, it, yeah. if you wait, if you wait until, so I, I found this out actually, uh, in doing the, uh, playthrough E, which we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get through that to that stuff eventually. I found out that stuff does not scale at all. That is a single difficulty thing. Yep. And if you try and play that as a young kid near, you cannot do it. <laughs> no, no, it's better. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I went in there. I was just going in there for, for funsies to see if I could get one of those weapons for my last playthrough. Because uh, like, oh, this will be this will be an easy way to you know not have to save up money to buy that beast sword or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And I go in there and just get one shot. It's like, oh, th- that can't do that. Because uh, I remember it being so damn easy when I did it uh, the first time to get the three weapons on the second uh, during playthrough B. And it was because I was already overpowered because I did almost every single side quest on playthrough a mm-hmm. which yeah I, I knocked out as many side quests on a as i could just to kind of rush the power curve a little bit and i think the only side quest i didn't do because i got i i almost got 100 percent completion Same. um the only side quest i didn't do was the hidden one and see C- or seaport or whatever that that city's called the one with the beach there's a man on the path to the lighthouse that overlooks the city and if you talk to him three times, he will get a quest marker, and he will then oh. give you a quest. He is the only NPC in the game that does this, and he does not change his dialogue. You have to repeat the dialogue several times. It's it's the guy who has the side quest where he keeps getting... It, wait, is it is it the guy who you have to keep getting something for this girl he's trying to impress? Uh, is that the guy with the red bag? No, that's no, no. This is, I, don't, I don't know what the this, quest is. This I looked is it a, up later to find out how to unlock okay, it. Okay, I wonder if I got this quest and didn't realize that I had to do that because uh, it's um, a, it's a guy over by the white lighthouse in that area mm-hmm. underneath the the hill, overlooking the city. Yep. Okay. So like a, then I got his quest the, and didn't realize okay. that you had to do that. Yeah, that's the only quest in the game I didn't do. 
because like, he didn't oh. have the marker. So you did you did the plants. Yep, uh, I did the plants up until you you combine the flowers is what I'm saying. The that yes, place. I think I did. I think you only have to do that. A certain, like you don't have to do the like every plant. I or maybe I gave up when I realized I couldn't do it. So um, the, it, that was literally only that was literally the only thing I did not do in this game is that mm. side quest where you had to combine the flowers to get seeds of the mixture, uh, the the like pink. Oh, moonbeam yes. flower or whatever you can cheese it by changing the time on your computer mm-hmm. or if you're playing on a ps4 changing your ps4 time blah yada 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 uh but i didn't feel after learning that you didn't have to do side quests to get any of the endings didn't really do it i didn't do it didn't care yeah so but i i literally done every other side quest it was the the completion was like 97 or something like that like 97 point something or something like that yeah yeah but i get yeah i mean you had to do everything else to get the ending so i did everything else it was literally that was the only thing i didn't do in this in this game uh which god i i I don't even know what to recommend to people like people people don't care about spoilers and playing this game and hearing I, i don't even know what to recommend to you if you haven't played this because while doing the side quests there's a lot of them that are just dumb and make you run around and they break the fourth wall by talking about it a lot. Uh-huh. There are some good ones in there. Yes. And that I think are very much worth doing. Uh and there's a few that are mandatory, but uh I think I think the lighthouse and the bag the the red bag guy, I think those are mandatory quests. Those are mandatory, yeah. Uh but but besides those, there are a few good ones in there and it's it's hard to it's hard to, you know, really single any of them out because there are a lot and I can't really say, okay, do this one here and do that one there. It's it's more along the lines of if you want to overpower yourself to play through those last few playthroughs real quick, just do them all and do as many as you can and play through A until you get bored, I guess, is my advice. Yeah. Yeah, the thing I would say is just uh, if you're doing the side quest and it seems like it's a pain in the ass and it's not like you're not going to enjoy it, if it's if you're not going to enjoy it so much, it's going to put you off the rest of the game. Just stop doing it. Yeah, like the playing through the actual main story, I feel like is much more important than trying to tick off 100 percent and go through that stuff. Like if it's and because then you can always just come back later. I think right. there. I don't know if there's any completely missable quests. Uh, there are from playthrough A. Uh, but I mean, if or, you I mean, the, if there are there entirely. are some missing things if you don't do as yeah. young near. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, so like I said, I would, I would think the, the advice I would give is just, yeah, if the quest seems like it's going to be a bunch of bullshit and annoying, like the flower thing, um, just don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If it doesn't seem like it's important at all, it's probably not. If they want you to go run across the country looking for this guy who's missing, it's not important, but it's still pretty funny. Yeah. So wait till you unlock fast travel. And then do it. Fast travel. The canal man. The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, I was... kind of upset. <laughs> uh, that, uh... that that happened at the timing that it got unlocked. Mm-hmm. Because I had done a whole lot 
of side quests okay. just to find out if I had pushed the story one more quest. Just one more quest. I would have had fast travel. Uh -huh. Would have made that a lot quicker. Oh, man. That was rough. Uh, yeah. Uh, the second bit of advice. When you become an adult or older teenager, however you want to look at it, Japanese standards, um, push, push, push the story till you get that, that fast travel. Yeah, just push it a little bit. It's yeah. all right. You're not gonna go, you're not gonna go too far. You're not gonna you're not gonna go far enough to miss anything. Can't. But uh, go ahead and unlock that. So there there are a few things there are a few gripes I have with this game, mm -hmm. and I I kind of want to just get those out of the way. Kane wears too much clothes. <laughs> Confirmed. Uh, wait, did they color? And did you? Well, did you play this in English or Japanese? Voice. I don't. I don't remember. I'm gonna say probably English. Okay. They call it. They call her Kaine in Japanese. Uh, they also call Weiss uh, Shiro uh, Shiro no something. So his his name is completely different in Japanese. Oh. Uh, because they keep shortening his name. Uh, there's like this running bit uh, in the um, uh, in the Japanese version that probably makes a lot less sense in the English voiced version mm. uh, where they keep calling him uh, Shiro-chan and he hates it because they want he wants them to use his full name. Uh, that, yeah, that exists in the English version, only it is they call him Weiss and he goes, I am Grimoire Weiss. And okay. it's very much just that same bit. They're only just it's trying to make that bit, but it doesn't hit the doesn't same. He doesn't have the title, yeah. Okay. I was wondering. They also call him dumbass a lot, and he gets mad about that because of that hussy. <laughs> Does he say the word hussy in English? Uh huh. Okay. He calls Kane a hussy I, I a don't, lot. I didn't look what the translation was when it was actually saying in Japanese, because I mean mm -hmm. they're saying too much for me to single it out at that point. Uh, the trans, the 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 subtitle translation is hussy. I do know that. Uh, but I, 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 I really was curious what he was calling her in Japanese because mm -hmm. I know it was probably not hussy. No, it's hussy. Um, yeah, that whole that whole thing was was fun. Kaine is a mm, yeah an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, not to get off topic. So the the biggest thing, the biggest gripe I have with this game, I kind of got off there for a second. Too many swords. Too many, no. Uh, the forest stuff. <laughs> oh, the text adventure stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Just no, a honestly, big waste a, of time. Where <laughs> I think it's a breath of relief, though, in the original game, because you're like, I don't have to do the combat here. <laughs> uh, sure. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, my my whole thing was when I, when I first got to that part, my first thought was, okay, I'm going to ask Mike if he thinks this is them uh, ran out of money. <laughs> and yeah. then I remembered that Yogatari loves his radio dramas. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, which one is it? Is it a lack of budget for animation or is it Yoko Taro stretching his stretching his fucking fingers and <laughs> prodding and <laughs> put this in here? <laughs> Honestly, I I kind of feel like it's a little bit of both, right? Maybe. Like I could 100% see it be oh, we don't have the money to fully animate the stuff we want to do in the Forest of Dreams. Let's just cut it and then being like, "Wait." I have well, an idea. after well, after playing through the whole thing, 
I think I think it's an it's an either or. I I think that the forest stuff was probably intended to be that. That very much feels like this weird thing Yokotaro wanted. Mm-hmm. The part when you get to subsequent playthroughs and they're telling backstories, that feels like a lack of budget. Yeah. They're telling Kaine stuff, telling Emil's stuff. All through the, the tech stuff. Yeah. yeah. That that hundred percent feels like a lack of budget. Uh that that doesn't feel like a creative decision. No, yeah, that feels like uh we're out of time or money. Yeah. So which sucks. Uh, that that would have been from, yeah. that would have been much more fun to watch. I think. Mm-hmm. Especially Kaine's stuff because that was much more action oriented. Emil's stuff is was fine. It, it was just, you know, hearing about what he went through whereas Kaine was it was like actually doing stuff. Right. That one that one was a little harder to not have the immersion broken on. I don't know. That the text stuff uh, well regardless it, it was a little breaking regardless I think. It just felt kind of out of place no matter with if, if it was the the forest stuff or the, or the hacking mini game feels like a better implementation of the idea of let's just radically shift the gameplay style from automata. Right, like if it if it was a game, oh, the hacking the, stuff is great. I, that, and it, if yeah. you if we look at this as oh, the forest is all text adventure because Yoko Taro wants to shift gameplay here from oh, this game is a run around slash um, like hack and slash sort of RPG to oh, now it's a weird text adventure game. Wow, woo, mm-hmm. woo, woo. Like if you do that, but now oh, it's gone from hack and slash to it's a weird like shooter sort of thing as you're hacking. I feel like that's a better implementation of the idea. Yeah. Um, and I, because I, a lot of Autonoma uh, or Automata um, is an evolution of that original game. And I'm sure you can kind of see that stuff now. Although it's oh, a, little, absolutely, yeah. a little shaded because it's also then back evoluted. Uh, <laughs> right. Because I played them out of remake. order. Yeah. yeah. But like. Technically out of order. It, it's a weird thing. It. Yes. <laughs> we probably have completely different perspectives on a lot of this stuff because of the order in which we played these games. Because yeah. I played Autonoma first, and then played Replicant, and you played the original release, and then played mm-hmm. Automata. Played and you knew you knew a lot of the things that were going to happen, or that had already happened, or were lies in Autonoma. Whereas you didn't know some things in Replicant that I already knew. Yeah, and that's a weird thing. It's weird, right? Because these can be played in any order. It feels like. And you have completely different experiences that you'll never get to experience because you have to have that first time. The, yeah, whichever one you play first, I think, really uh-huh. kind of sets the tone for how you take to both these games and their story. Because mm-hmm. I think I definitely think there's there's it's a cool experience to go into Automata knowing oh humans don't exist. What are they talking about? The humans live on the moon. Like the like I literally played the man who killed the Shadow Lord and like destroyed the robot or the androids that were running the program. So now these androids are here saying that they have humans that have lived on the moon. Like, unless these are replicants, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Cause the replicants all should have died out. Uh, cut to the opposite effect of if you don't have any of that knowledge and you're like, Oh yeah, we have to reclaim the earth. And then you find out, no, the humans are dead. Like that's a huge fucking reveal. But at the same time, it could have been maybe there's shades on the moon. Yeah. Although, 
the shades on the moon by that point would have all been insane. They wouldn't have been doing those broadcasts in Automata that are like, you're doing great, androids. We believe in you. Unless there's something weird about Kine sticking around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that that's because, I mean, the whole, if I'm not, if I'm interpreting this correctly, Kine becomes fully human, correct? Um, I don't think she becomes fully human. I think okay. she just becomes this weird amalgamation because the way the way the subtitles read, uh, and I, I guess uh, I mean there's, poss- there's a complete possibility I could have gotten this wrong because I mean everything could have been translated wrong. I could have mm-hmm. just not have been reading it correctly. He tells he tells near and he makes this decision. It will make her human. Oh, I don't remember if the word that, that's is like that's that in yeah. That, I I don't know. I mean that they only say it once. Mm-hmm. When he's making the offer uh, that it'll make you human, but that was that was like the thing that stuck with me as I was going through that. I don't know. I mean, and that if it's not if it's not mentioned that way in the English voice acted version, maybe maybe it's a translation thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hmm. This is the kind of thing too, though, where it's like like lore for this game. And for the remake and stuff like they're in so many different places and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, just my memory gets fuzzy of both the original game and the new game. And they kind of merge together in places. And those had slightly different translations um, and just a bunch of different stuff. Like um, that ending E that's in the game that's canon now that the was new, originally only ending, semi-canon yeah. from a like a story that he had written and stuff. So ending ending E, which the the new ending that he made for this remake, that came from mm-hmm. one of the short stories that were written after. I, I believe it is inspired by one of the short stories. I don't okay. think it was this thing like scene for scene, word for word, but I think the general idea was there. Okay. Well, while we're talking about some of the endings here, there there is something that happened uh, to me getting one of the endings that I don't. I'm not I'm not entirely sure you probably saw. Mm-hmm. Um it was on uh it was ending B. Uh I I switched the the game the, the game has an option after you beat it the first time you can change the music to be uh, uh automata music, right? Uh-huh. Did you do that? No. Okay. Then I definitely saw something you didn't. Okay. I did I did automata music for for playthrough B just for funsies mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to see which songs they played in different areas and stuff um and plus since i had done all the side quests uh i was getting a little i was like okay let's change it up a little bit <laughs> um so when you get to the after credit scene of ending b they do the emil thing right they mm-hmm. show emil falling out of the sky and he's like oh my sister's body's tougher than i thought or something like that yeah, and he like, yeah. Now, just to confirm, that is a, there's no music, there's nothing going on during that whole thing. It's just him, all of a sudden, there's something flying and you find out it's a meal. I, there might be like some, like... Ambient? Like ambient music and stuff, like something, or maybe... Okay. Like, nothing, I, nothing like I, incredibly unique or special. I was either. pretty sure I confirmed this by watching someone else get that ending, because I, I, mm-hmm. wanted I wanted to know. So... <laughs> When you do, if you if you do an ending where it shows that extra scene, and you have the your automata music on, 
mm-hmm. before before him, you know it's a meal flying through there. All of a sudden it goes Um it's fucking great. It's incredible. <laughs> it plays his it plays his automata music. Oh, uh, that's so good. When he flies through the air. <laughs> it's it's amazing. I I had to know. I was like, there's no way that this is in the non-automata version, and there's just nothing in the other. I, oh, it was wild. I I could not believe that they had that in there. It's so good. But anyway, uh, endings. So we we've kind of danced around Kine. Yes. I find the game very odd, and that the game very much seems to shift in my opinion uh it seems to shift towards kaine being more important than i feel like is deserved that's fair she she starts to take i don't want to say take over but it feels like she goes from just one of three members of the party right of like near um emil and kaine to mm-hmm. no, this is this is quickly turning into Kane's story, kind of right, um, in a weird way. Uh, and it was like that in the original too. Like mm-hmm. it's this just a shift in the story to she is the important one here, and you're just kind of there with her, or not not even necessarily that, but like like what happens to her like the like like it's the ending specifically with like the yona stuff like do you do you choose to save kane and then abandon yona versus abandon kane and, and save yona stuff i didn't like, feel like there was there was enough there for the character to warrant to justify that. it no it 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 was totally jarring and i i didn't understand why that's what they wanted because you can clearly tell that's that is the correct choice to make yes. for what the game wants you to do. Yes. And I don't feel like they did enough to, to build that relationship to where near as the character would, would make that decision considering everything he's went through to save Yona. Yeah. Especially pop in here. Yeah. I could see that being even more problematic. There's just, there's just not enough there to justify that decision. It's very weird, uh, especially the fact that he knows that uh, she will forget that he even existed. Because mm-hmm. yeah, at that point, just... it does the classic Yoko Taro, which is, well, I guess it wasn't a classic back then, but now the classic right. Yoko Taro thing of deleting your save. And preventing you from using the name again. Right, that was, which came back, uh, the ending E stuff, I think, was, was very, I don't want to say clever, but... Uh, it was a good follow-up on it. A good follow yes. Yeah. Do you feel that all of the endings were necessary to get the ending D? <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, whereas honestly, the, the Automata it, stuff made sense. And, and that goes back to the thing sense. where he really, uh, you could tell he fleshed out the process, I think. Yeah. This, this, uh, honestly, this feels like a game with three endings, but not really, because I feel like ending B... Like, ending B is is only there because the entirety of playthrough B is the first time you get the shades talking, right? Like, getting the extra shade yes. dialogue, you get the extra ending stuff with the Shadow Lord and Shadow Yona, 
Like that stuff is good, but could have just been a scene on the path to ending C or D. And C or D to me have always felt like they are two separate discrete endings. They aren't continuations. Like um and it feels like it feels like they are unnecessary because again the Kane choice feels weird in the first mm-hmm. place. Um but yeah, it feels like it's someone on that team or someone like it feels like Yokotaro wanted to do the save delete thing and was probably like, well, you know, we've got fans of Kane on the on the team or whatever. Like, let's do something where you save Kane or maybe the player, like maybe in internal focus testing or something. They're like, oh, the players want to save Kane. Um, they want to do something for her. Like players grow attached after playing the game for so long with her or whatever. And so they're like, okay, we'll make an ending where you have to choose between Yona or Kane and then we'll just call it there and then it'll be done. And then of course, Yokotaro never does that and he went on to then write more stuff about what happens afterwards and then blah 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 we get ending E as we see it in the game today where Kane goes to stop the replicant program and then young Nier is reborn or whatever the fuck um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it really kind of didn't feel like they. this is definitely a, where you can see these, these are early ideas that got fleshed out it's much the, better it's the rough draft different game of Nier Automata <laughs> Right, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah, like it, it has that feeling of this is before we went through and had some people look at it and go, oh, uh, these are some changes we would make to improve this this idea. But that, that playthrough C and D definitely needed to be different. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing different from playthrough B. Uh, no. If there was something different, even along the lines of, you know, the. Um, it, it it just needed something like the whole hacking minigame or, or anything or anything but it was just completely the same uh that 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 third playthrough very much felt like it was getting a little long in the tooth yes the third playthrough or as i like to call it skip all the cutscenes and master all the dialogue because yep. there's nothing different here oh look it turns out you can speed run this game in about an hour uh, oh well, that's not that's not one hundred percent true. Uh, I did look up to see if there actually were any differences between uh, on the third playthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are specifically two areas of the game where you get some extra dialogue. Mm. Uh, I don't remember the first one, but the oh, I had it and I lost it. Sorry. Uh, I think it had to do. I think it had to do with the uh, the twins. Mm. But the uh, the the second thing. Uh, there is some extra dialogue with the um, mermaid. Oh, oh yes, that the ending fight with that mermaid is mm-hmm. different. I think the whole the whole thing the whole thing is different. Yeah. And if you the whole the whole process of of hearing what she's saying and stuff inside of the ship, there's some extra stuff there. Mm-hmm. But besides that, and that possible other thing with the twins, um, nothing different. <laughs> so yeah. it was a rough playthrough. Uh, fortunately it doesn't take that long it feels like it exists to people who don't understand that you need to because you don't need all the weapons by that point right you need them to on that finish of the third one you need to have you need to have all the weapons to get ending d okay so then yeah it feels like that is kind of basically just there to be like uh we didn't tell you you needed all the weapons so this is the the playthrough to go get them, I guess, if you haven't already. Which, if you're like you and I, I'm assuming you did this too. You rushed to get all the weapons as quickly as they were oh, yeah. available to, so you wouldn't have to worry about it later. I had I had all the weapons on playthrough B. Yeah, 
It kind of reminds me of um, in Persona 5 Royal, where there's an ex- entire extra month added to the time management stuff for the new content, mm-hmm. um, where, whoops, it turns out there's so much new, uh, there's so many different ways to modify your stats and your social links in that game that by the time the new month had rolled around, we had finished everything and had no one new to talk to or nothing new to gain. So we had to burn through like four or like two in-game weeks. I think it was four four or five days spread out over the course of two weeks. That was just wake up, go to bed, wake up, go to bed, wake up, go to bed. Mm-hmm. Because just our stats were maxed. There was nothing to be gained by going out and buying any more items. So it kind of feels like that where it's like, oh, I got all the weapons already and I've done all the quests I'm going to do. So this is this exists solely to basically waste my time now, unfortunately. Yeah. Ending E. Uh, so I, I do want to talk a little bit about how, how this game and Automata may be tied together. Uh, but we might as well just get Ending E out of the way before we move on to that. Ending E took a lot longer than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I kind of played through it all in one blitz, so I don't I, remember. Yeah. Um, but yes, there is, there's more to it than I thought there would have been. Yeah. I, I thought it was just going to be another, uh, like a cut scene or something or like mm-hmm. one fight, not, not an entire, uh, all pretty much an entire playthrough of one, one half of the game. Yeah. Time wise. Cause I was, I was, I had told you that I, I was working on getting C and D one night and if it wasn't too late, I'll just push through and get E because you, you had told me that you get up to the point where you fight the uh, the the thing in uh, the airy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize that was get to the second fight in the airy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was just get there, and I was like, okay, that that's no time at all. Uh, and then it happened. I was like, oh, you must mean kill kill that boss okay that Mm -hmm. that's gonna take a significantly more amount of time uh and then jump into that stuff which was weird initially yes um cool cool to play yeah very cool uh she plays a little different although much easier Oh, yes. If you just, if you just, if you learn that you can just do the dash attack, a dash attack, dash attack, and kill everything, mm-hmm. it's easy mode. <laughs> <laughs> but then you end up, you end up getting near back the character, and you had hinted you had to remember the character's name. That was, that was a little, that was a neat little thing. Mm-hmm. How, and I guess that'll lead us in how, how does the ultimate ending or even the original ending how how does this ending correlate to automata like are do the do the androids are the androids in automata are those technically replicants or something else i think i think they're technically um they're androids they're like devola and popola because if you remember in automata devola and popola show up before the Wait, end they do see this is where it would be more beneficial to play this yeah. game because i don't remember uh, those characters in automata at all <laughs> yeah they they show up when the big like tower thing appears before you climb in at i think the like the ending of like playthrough a um it's like when emil emil drives his um his shop in when he's like i'll help too or whatever mm-hmm. 
But yeah, Devil and Popola show up and they're singing the Song of the Ancients. The Song of the Ancients, yeah. And then you get some text story about how two redheaded android sisters used to exist that the world hates because they killed all of humanity. Because there oh, were wild. several Devil and Popolas. Yeah. And these are just a different one from a different part of the world. See, yeah, without without having replicant knowledge, those characters didn't seem incredibly important to me. So I completely forgot them. Whereas I could see playing that in reverse, man, that would be wild. Having them show up. Huh. Yeah, it was it was weird because they show up and then you're like, oh, fuck. Bo- uh, like, are these going to be a boss? <laughs> and then they're there to help you. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, that's because they, they help you get in, right? Yes. Yes. They're the uh, ones it's who. It's starting to come back to me a little bit. They yeah, get that... you into the tower. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it, it's also, you mentioned that they play the song in Ancients. It's crazy how much music crosses, crosses over, mm-hmm. too. I, I, playing, playing through this, I, I didn't realize how many of those tracks were actually from the old game. Yeah, they, they brought a, a lot there's, of it. There's a handful, a, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, there's, a, there's definitely quite a few that come over um, with some like changes, some remixes and stuff, mm-hmm. but... Um, you can definitely tell they were like, well, these are good. No one heard them. So let's just use them again. <laughs> I mean, it, they're both near. Mm-hmm. They're near to my heart. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my assumption for how they connect, is it's just eventually the replicants die out. Eventually they're all gone. The, the assaults die out. And then we're just left with the android androids, which are like Popola and Devola. Popola, Devola, they eventually just make more androids. And the it's like the, the Yorha androids, like the ones in charge knew that the humans were dead, mm-hmm. but not everyone did. And so I'm assuming it's just a similar situation. Some androids were like, well, we have to keep the belief in humanity alive or why continue to exist? And... Yeah, I mean, there's the whole thing with, okay, well, how does that lead to there being the issue of all the robots. Those are aliens. They came to invade. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, the alien, the robots are all aliens that are, came to invade Earth, but humanity was already dead. Uh-huh. But the androids defend, defend the Earth because of some base-level huma- like programming for huma- like defend humanity mm. in the Earth. And um, that, in- that includes the, the tribe of robots? Yes, the tribe of robots faction. are, they are also aliens that have simply Got separated it. from the mother, like, network or whatever. So, well, and, okay. So, yeah. well, oh, well, I mean, I guess that would make them kind of, they're the replicants of this. Yes. They're the yeah. replicants of that game. Yeah. Interesting. Do you feel that there will be, another? I mean, there's probably going to be another near game. Right, probably. I mean, that, that, is, that is probably going to be a thing. These have both sold well enough. I yes. would be very surprised if they didn't do another one. So, does another near game, given what we know, what happened at the end of Automata, where they like I don't know, they went to like this weird AI, like the, the human player. Yeah, is like, no, I'm going to break the story and let the the characters I love be free. Right. The ending, the ending of Automata is basically just destroying the that whole system, and they're they're gone, right? And you're left with Tubi mm-hmm. and 9s or some bullshit yeah. in like to an be, AI heaven. To be determined the, by the player of where where what, what they actually happens, are, where they go. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, do we get a near game that is set after that game? I'm gonna say yes, 
Because if you had asked me how do you do a near game set after near Gestalt in 2011, I would have said you don't make another near game. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, which I think is sure. actually if if you go back to some of those podcasts, the, the podcast before Automata came out, I think I am quoted as having said, "Why the fuck would you make a new near game in 2016 or whatever the fuck that game came out?" But I would have if we gotten past the part where like, look, let's just say Square Enix has gone insane and they want Yokotaro to make another game. Uh, I would say you couldn't <laughs> do another near game after that. It would have to be a prequel. Um, but yeah. then they did it by setting it 11 million years in the future or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you just pull that same card, find some connective tissue with with just some of the, the like the plots going through. Keep the androids, keep the robots. Maybe you take it, maybe it takes place, you, you tell the player it's, it's taking place on Earth, but it turns out we're actually playing on the alien home world. Sure. I, like, I mean, those, those games twist. take place in such a small, singleized area, too. I mean, I that guess it wouldn't be wouldn't be incredibly far-fetched to say maybe this one's take place of something happening underground instead of a space station. Yeah. In Nier 3, I mean, that'd be an interesting thing. This the... takes place entirely underground, and that's the twist. Yeah. And it's a fake underground like refuge where humans were towards the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the I mean, Fallout I could, vaults. Yeah. yeah through perpetuity. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could I could see it. I also um am I would be way on board with the idea of him not doing that and just doing something new. Some not uh, near, just something not, entirely not near, new. Just something new. Yeah, yeah, and kind of giving him a fresh space to kind of work in and go from. Although, I don't know, maybe the maybe it turns out Near 3 is going to be a direct sequel to Drakengard 4, oh, dear. which in and of itself was a sequel to Drakengard 2. Uh like I don't know, do something weird like that. Hmm. Yeah, I I think I think I agreed in the sense that I think it would be better to maybe get a new IP from him at this point. But at the same time, he's totally capable of doing something new and fresh with with his, his with his ideas. Yes. Uh, the and world I mean, that he the world that he's created rather. Every time that dude goes into public, he wears an Emil mask. So. <laughs> I don't think he'll ever, he'll ever leave near completely behind. Do you think Emil's in, in the new near game? That uh, That's the only connective tissue. Emil shows up and he's like, hey man, can you kill me? I've been me? digging. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking for somebody who knows how to kill me. <laughs> Please. Please. God, God, I've been living forever. <laughs> oh my God. How much, how much of his story was told in Automata? Uh, in terms of where he came from, because I, I I'm not remembering. I don't think because I feel like origins. I feel like I had I had to have you tell me what. Yeah, what so he was. I think the only story you get for Emil are what what he does after the game, like after the original game ends. Because I'm trying to remember, I don't think they talk about the fact that he was a blind boy living in a Resident Evil mansion who had science done to him. No. Um, but I think he does mention that he is the world's most powerful sorcerer. <laughs> and controller of all magics, and so that when the alien invasion showed up, he just multiplied himself a million times, and him and all the other Emils fought off the aliens, but every time he'd clone himself, they'd get weaker or something, so he doesn't even remember if he's the real, like the original Emil, or just one of the copies. And that's what that boss fight is, right? Yeah, that's him kind of doing that cloning stuff. But yeah, he talks about how, in that game anyways, he talks about how he was there on the first line of defense when the the aliens invaded. Interesting. Um, and then that kind of set some of the tones for what happened with the world. Hmm. I did like uh, that. Um, I Because I had forgotten this. 
uh, I had to go back and double check, but in Automata, when you're going through the desert area, you can find some lore, which are the um, written rules of the desert people from oh. Replicant. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, the, the, that part at least kind of lines up a little bit. When you go through the desert, there's some stuff that talks about the importance of rules to society and the Android two like, V's like, what does this mean? Uh, I was, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Cause I yeah. mean, that, that wouldn't have hit me at all. So playing through this game, I was like, okay, if I went back and played that again, would I find anything linking the two desert areas? Yeah. The, I think the robots in that area also wear masks. Like the do desert people do. I think so. Let me, let me see if I can find a picture of it, but I could have sworn you might chase one that's wearing a mask. Um, mm. or something, but um, yeah, they're, they're weird. There's a lot of just like weird little nods like that in that area. Uh, yeah. So the one you see one that's like rocking um, uh, like a crib for a baby. At one point, I think this is in that scene where they all start to fuck, mm. and it is it is wearing a mask that is, I don't think the same, but is similar ish to the the desert tribe. I guess I guess the last thing I really wanted to kind of note on uh, we didn't we didn't really talk about we we've we've talked about him a little bit here and there. Do you feel the writing for him in this game, uh, Rep, Rep, Replicant, was done well? Because I felt like at times the thing the his actions and his correlating emotional response and things how he would act after his like outbursts and such like didn't really they were inconsistent they weren't yeah yeah i would i was gonna say they felt inconsistent it felt to me like they needed a meal to do specific things and then had difficulty justing it justifying it with the character mm -hmm. like it, it definitely feels too like they had they had cool ideas of things and then we're like how do we get this character to get to that place and they never really justified it a hundred percent of the time no because um, after 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 the final fight in the airy when he just loses control and then he just has a breakdown like what have i done yada mm -hmm. yada yada i've killed all these people T five minutes later he seems fine and he has no problem using all of his power and possibly losing control again yeah yeah it feels like they there is some unspoken unmentioned passage of time that they just want you to assume happens like i get the feeling that like that scene in the airy happens and then you're just supposed to know that they then waited uh, like a couple weeks before he was back to normal with no indication in the game or in the story that that's what ha was what happened because it doesn't make any sense for him otherwise it's it's the same with the relationship between all three of the the party yeah. because they they seem to imply that Emil, Kainé, and Nier are just incredibly close, and they even hit at the possibility of there being a you know a relationship between Nier and Kainé, uh, a romantic relationship. It feels at times in terms of the video, mm -hmm. but there's nothing there to support any of it. No, yeah, because why? Like... Why would? Why would? It definitely, it definitely ending E. It feels like they're really pushing the the possible. That relationship between yeah. them and especially the ending scene where it may be slightly problematic in some ways too yeah uh <laughs> but there's, there's just never anything in the game to support it 
And I feel so, like if you're going to do this much work on the remake, why not put in a new text adventure? <laughs> right. Well, and it's weird, too, because I was looking into it a little bit. And I guess at the time, they were positioning ending E, or not ending E, ending C and ending D as the player making a choice between did you like Akane more or did you like Nier more? Hmm. And if you liked Nier more, then you went with Yona. And if you liked Kane yeah. more, then you killed off Papa Nier and then brought Kane back. So it was weird then to then translate that into, uh, well, this like this is also now a romantic sub like subtext relationship. Um, and this that was this a little bit of it in the in the original version, um, from what I can remember. I think I think I might have seen it as not an issue then because I'm like, oh, Papa Nier is just horny. Uh, <laughs> Uh, which admittedly is probably where some of this is coming from for Little Near too, but doesn't yeah. find any of the Kane stuff, um, like any of her reciprocations. Um, the, the the Emil Kane relationship makes sense. Yes, the, uh, even without them doing a whole lot. I mean, they're 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 camping. They're both outcasts. They're there. There's something there for them to connect. And I wonder. I I kept I kept trying to figure out what the the Emil's line before the wedding where he talks about, you know, wishing oh, he was getting married. I yes. kept wondering if there was something more to that dealing with maybe after being in it a couple of times. Okay. Is this Emil wishing that him and Kaine instead of near and Kaine were more linked together? Or is this him? Uh, honestly, I, I was wondering, okay, are they trying to hint that, um, Emil might be gay and likes near. I I kept trying to figure out what the hell they were trying to say with that. They because, were hinting with it. Yeah, because yeah, there's there's it's very open ended and feels important, but then is never brought up before or after <laughs> or after again. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's weird. I re I think I had the exact same kind of thought process on it as you did, of like the first time going, oh, does he wish he was with. Kane, and then the second time going, oh, wait, are they trying to say that he would rather, like, he wishes he was getting married to Nier here? Yeah, it feels like both, right? Yeah. I, and I, I, mean, I, I, I can see justification for exactly. both, too, with the exactly. characters. Yeah. Uh, they, it definitely, they, they could go either way with it if they did anything else. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they never confirmed. Yeah. Oh, well... Do you want to confirm? Uh, do Do you consider outside canonical sources from the video game, like do you consider outside interviews with Yoko Taro as as canon? Uh, I mean, canonical? it's his story, so yeah. Uh, in a in an interview with Yoko Taro, and any interview conducted after 2011 where the where the question was asked, he is confirmed. Emil is homosexual, and is attracted to Nier. Okay. That to me, the like, and, hearing it the second and third time, yeah, I definitely leaned more towards that. Yeah. So that okay. All right. I I wish they would have done more with that. Me too. It would have been nice. It felt like it was something where they were toying with the idea, but then didn't want to commit to anything mm -hmm. because of both, like just because of like Japanese audience reaction in 2011 or whatever. The sure. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't even really. I mean, yeah. It would have been nice for that end of it too. You know, make maybe mm -hmm. push towards towards Some more, more towards normalizing that in that culture yeah. but at the same time i was also thinking you know it would be nice if there was just more fleshed out with the characters with in the general characters. <laughs> yeah. so 
Mm. Ooh, I got oh, I got Papa New Year's ages. Oh um, no. I've also got Brother New Year's ages. So oh, Brother no. Near, as of the first game, I don't know if they changed any of this for Replicant. This is all coming from a Google Doc of a fan translation of a book that came out only in Japan about the game. Okay. As a lot of the source of this game, this fucking game's lore does, um, or did anyways. Uh, Brother Near is 16 in part one and 21 in part two. Okay. Papa Near is 39 in part one and 44 in part two. So I haven't seen both versions of Papa Near. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious. Did they just make him really grizzled in that second half? And just, man, time really. I want to say he wears a mask. It's like the big difference. Is he, puts, he puts a thing. He puts like a thing on his eyes. Eye patch? Um, uh, like this. I want to say this is him after he comes from the time jump. So this is, let's see. Let um, and post this. I'll try and describe to the listeners. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he puts on like a big, like X-Men mask. <laughs> basically yeah he covers up one of his eyes all right i mean that's Uh, sure yeah yeah that uh that's fine yona's ages are different yona is uh or no i'm sorry she's not i I forgot if they changed her age or not between the two versions but i don't think they did uh kane is 17 throughout the game 17 yeah oh boy that gestalt version uh huh. <laughs> Looking, uh, getting, getting worse by the day. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Oh. But yeah, I yeah okay. I could totally see the ages and everything else. Sure. Mm-hmm. The, the kid versus boy near seems fairly. I, I would have guessed maybe a little younger for boy near. Me too. I think I would have guessed a little younger for both of them. Um, but only just a little bit. Probably yeah. Like sure. Two years. Yeah, maybe maybe he was like 18 in the second one. Mhm. 17, 18. Okay. Well, if she's okay, if she's 17, then that ending scene, I guess, is not as bad as it seems. Yeah. <laughs> That's just Yokotara being horny and making of a, Yes. It's to be I like to look at ass. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you uh in subsequent playthroughs uh, I got a little tired of of uh, just being bombarded with lingerie, uh, Kaine. So I changed her to A two. <laughs> yes, I uh, I think I put her in the samurai outfit. Okay, it's like oh, that's okay. You know, yoga guitar, have your fun. Uh, but this is this is getting to be a bit much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well. I that's unless you had anything else you were curious no, about th- as like a first like first playthrough from I me. Think that's near. Yeah. Now I, we uh, have to play the mobile game. I wanted to. I just came, submit it for the podcast for the other. Submit podcast. for the podcast. Yeah. I I I was excited for that game when it was first announced. I was like, okay, we get new near music. That's you know that we, it's already a win. And it was like, okay, running simulator with story. All right, sure. And then it turned out to be a fucking gotcha fighting, a gotcha turn-based fighting game. Yeah, thing. Or something. It sucks. I wonder if that was really... I, I wonder how much he was involved in that. I can only assume not a ton. Mm. That's kind of the vibe I get. I, I, wonder, is- I wonder that because you were going through the list of games he's worked on. There's quite a few mobile games in there. 
That is true. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it will probably. There's probably no we'll, way to know we'll for never sure. Know, yeah. Right, yeah. Hmm. But how how long do you think it is till we get a new game? Because like Automata, Automata was twenty. Or... Yeah, near. Or just or just a new full blown ass game from him. That's not this weird card game thing. Twenty twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. Yeah. So you yeah, would, you, th- say, you think he has say, not been, been in the, you think he hasn't been working on it since Automata. I think he I think he has proven that his stuff can be successful, but I don't I still don't think Square Enix is gonna trust him with money. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like we wouldn't have gotten Automata if Platinum Games hadn't offered to like work on yeah. it at a steep discount. Thank God they did though. I feel yeah. like that's the reason those games work now. Oh uh, absolutely that's the reason why those games work. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine playing that old game again uh, an automata like the thing the normal the normal controls for that game I couldn't imagine like playing through i i wouldn't i probably would have given up yeah i i i think if I'm trying to remember that time and I'm pretty sure I only got through it because of how stubborn I can be with stupid bullshit mm. I mean you like, played through all the like kingdom hearts playing games, through all so, the kingdom yeah. hearts games uh-huh yeah Something no person should do. No. Okay, this is unrelated, but I, I'm thinking okay. about this now. This near game's a gotcha game, right? Right. The the mobile one, yeah. The mobile game, yeah. Imagine if the only way to get the the final ending of this near gotcha game is to get a rare five star, oh, no. max them all the way out, like you know, get several copies of them, put all your <laughs> your bullshit into them, or whatever, and then once they hit level cap. You have to delete them for forever and get it again. Okay, get it again. Uh huh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, that'd would be you so do good? it? <laughs> if that was really the case, would, would that draw you in? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it would make it would give me enough interest to then go look it up and like read about it, which okay. I haven't even done with this, other than like looking at the ideas and going, oh, I don't know if I want to play this. Oof. I, oh man, that mm, no, thank you. Yeah, like, how good would that be though? Do we? How much do you know of that of that game at all, or anything? Nothing. Nothing. I, I'm really curious as to where and when it is set. Yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not Yona, right? I don't think it's Yona. Okay, because it Can is. We... A, it is a little girl. Hey, just let's go back. Have you put out that last episode yet? Well, I'm just going to change what I said for the podcast game. And then you just say, and then everyone said yes. And then we'll just move on. And we'll then move we'll on. Okay. A, all right. A, a really weird, different discussion. No, it, it's already out there. Fuck. All right. We'll go edit it. <laughs> quick. Quick. <laughs> put a, I'll put a, uh, we got a 12 game to submit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, okay. Looking at the art for this lady, I don't think it's Yona. Okay, I I I didn't think it would be, but I was curious. But maybe it's a weird Yona. Oh, may, or may, oh, what it, what it? Okay, what if? I mean, we're people who have played this are going to be yelling at us for really, tr- eh. trying to think about it. Like, what if? What it. if? What if it's the Yona that left the body, the real Yona? The real Yona? Yeah. Yeah. Also, we didn't talk about that. It's running a bit long, but I I I want to talk about this. The beginning of the game, mm-hmm. 
you have the books. Yes. You have what you find out is the real Nier and Yona uh-huh. dying, right? Yes. What the fuck? And then he touches that book and gets like weird magic to defend his sister. Yes. And she's like, don't do that. Why'd you do that? I. Also, why can't she touch that book? Because he, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming that the book he touches is supposed to be Weiss, Shiro, and the other one was supposed to be Noir. Yeah. Correct? I think so, yeah. Okay. I, it's, you can't tell them apart in that scene. It's, yes, it's hard to tell. That whole first scene, I, I have, my knowledge on it's kind of limited because a lot of it isn't in, like, a lot of the details explaining what's going on in that time isn't really in the game. Yeah, it's such a weird, yeah. weird. It feels like that was something that, w- it, when you played it the first time, you're like, okay, how are these characters here so far in the future now? Yeah, and you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna find they either that either is in the future, and they're they're lying to me and telling me that I'm in the future from there, or I'm gonna actually find out what's going on there later, and you really don't find out. Yeah. Why that scene is super important. And there's also the weird thing. If you don't have the pipe, the weapon, yeah. if you don't get it during that side quest, you get it after ending B, doing that scene again. Doing it again. Mm-hmm. And you have it. Your character has it. It's uh, it looks like so odd. The book he touches is Grimoire Noir. So he touched Noir. He okay. touched Noir. Um, trading oh. his soul for power. See, to me, the books felt like they were just weapon. They were just weapons. They didn't feel. I didn't feel the uh, like what they actually were. Like you know, mm-hmm. not these weird beings, but you know, just future tech weapons that could use magic or something. Or it might not have actually been magic. You know, it, it's it's a weird future thing future yeah they do some weird science stuff too yeah with, with these things uh yeah grimoire noir race sentient book <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect yeah because <laughs> uh, they're they're the original replicants they're the they're the original they're the gestalt Yona, yeah yeah that's that's what they call them uh, I, yeah, he touches the book, trades his soul for power, fights off the shades, killing them all. Hurries back to Yona, who offers a cookie. She then starts coughing in a bunch of markings right. scrolls up her body, revealing that she's already touched Grimoire Noir in order to help her brother slash father, and as a result has turned into a gestalt and is beginning to relapse. The Lost Verses in the Red Sky, which is in italics, so I'm assuming this is a different book that they put out in Japan only, mm-hmm. uh, adds that after this, she fell into a coma, Finding a cure for her state was the sole motivation for her brother agreeing to become the Shadow Lord. Not even the scientists behind Project Gestalt could find a cure for her, and even her brother's power as the original Gestalt could not cure or help her. It would have been easier for her to die, but to avoid jeopardizing the entire plan with near rebelling, her Gestalt was instead placed in a cold sleep, and her replicant's creation was done to ensure that her soul would have a body to return to after a thousand year waiting. 1,412 years later, when Nier and his allies come to save Yona from the Shadow Lord, Yona's in a comatose state. So. Trivia. Yona is the only character to be seen as a true human in the main game. So she's, she's technically human in the beginning of that game. Yeah. Huh. Whereas Nier is already a gestalt. 
gestalt by that point, I'm assuming. So he he's already been separated and put inside of a robot body. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Weird. then I'm assuming, uh, based on what you said, after the events of that beginning scene, she gets separated, and then, then yeah. you deal with her replicant in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That fills in the gaps I guess I wanted. Oh, wait. They were ma- Grimoire Noir was mass-produced. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> uh. During the huh? prologue of Nier, Grimoire Noir was one of many mass-produced books handed out to civilians in 2053. When Nier and Yona were getting food, they were also given this book and another copy of Grimoire Noir. They then witnessed the other survivors who had copy turn into gestalts, which would be that they then hid, fled and hid in a grocery store. Okay. Bear with me. I know the next game. A hundred gestalts... A hundred gestalts with, with Grimoire Noirs drop into, drop a, into a grocery <laughs> drop store. Drop into a grocery store. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only you, one you leaves, win by being the first one to die. <laughs> the first one to die wins, and everyone else has to keep playing until they lose. Nice. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, I guess we'll leave with that. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening. Yes. Uh, if you. Uh, we can, uh, if if you're listening to this and you have some thoughts about Nier, email us at mhmpodcast.gmail.com and maybe uh, maybe we do a very short follow-up or Mike and I can bore Seth and Paul during a main podcast to talk about yeah, it for yeah, 10 yeah. to 15 minutes. Uh, but yeah, send us in your thoughts. If, if say, uh, Tell us if you think we're just flat out wrong or... If you do have the actual true missing information about Replicant and Automata, well, we'll be back with uh, next episode. to be a real one where we're, we're going to be playing. Uh, uh, what's the game? Um, the the near mobile game. Near mo no. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Let us know if you liked this little this little one on one one you know game topic. One on one cast. Yeah, yeah. I I. I had a good time. Yeah, me too. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.